section eleven of the elements of botany this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. recording by kathleen the elements of botany by asa gray stamens in particular androsecum is a technical name for the staminate system of a flower that is for the stamens taken together which it is sometimes convenient to use the preceding section has dealt with modifications of the flower pertaining mainly to calyx and corolla those relating to the stamens are now to be indicated first as to insertion or place of attachment the stamens usually go with the petals not rarely they are at base epiptalis that is inserted on or adnate to the corolla as in figure two eight three illustration figure two eight three corolla of morning glory laid open to show the five stamens inserted on it near the base when free from the corolla they may be hypogenous inserted on the receptacle under the pistil or gynoecium perigynous inserted on the calyx that is with the lower part of filament adnate to the calyx tube epigynous borne apparently on the top of the ovary all which is explained in figure two seven zero two two seven four illustration figure two eight four style of a lady's slipper cypripedium and stamens united with it a a the anthers of the two good stamens s t an abortive stamen what should be its anther changed into a petal-like body stig the stigma gynandrus is another term relating to insertion of rarer occurrence that is where the stamens are inserted on in other words adnate to the style as in ladies slipper figure two eight four and in the orchis family generally in relation to each other stamens are more commonly distinct that is without any union with each other but when united the following technical terms of long use indicate their modes of mutual connection monadelphus from two greek words meaning in one brotherhood when united by their filaments into one set usually into a ring or cup below or into a tube as in the mallow family figure two eight six the passion flower figure two six zero the lupine figure two eight seven and in lobelia figure two eight five illustration figure two eight five flower of lobelia cardinalis cardinal flower corolla making approach to the ligulate form filaments s t monadelphus and anthers a syngenesius illustration figure two eight six flower of mallow with calyx and corolla cut away showing monadelphus stamens figure two eight seven monadelphus stamens of lupine two eight eight diadelphus stamens nine and one of a pea blossom diadelphus meaning in two brotherhoods when united by the filaments into two sets as in the pea and most of its near relatives figure two eight eight usually nine in one set and one in the other triadelphus three brotherhoods when the filaments are united in three sets or clusters as in most species of hypericum pentadelphus five brotherhoods when in five sets as in some species of hypericum and in american linden figure two seven seven two eight nine 
polyadelphous many or several brotherhoods is the term generally employed when these sets are several or even more than two and the particular number is left unspecified these terms all relate to the filaments syngenesis is the term to denote that stamens have their anthers united coalescent into a ring or tube as in lobelia figure two eight five in violets and in all of the great family of compositae their number in a flower is commonly expressed directly but sometimes adjectively by a series of terms which were the name of classes in the linnaean artificial system of which the following names as also the preceding are a survival monandrous i e solitary stamen when the flower has only one stamen diandrous when it has two stamens only triandrous when it has three stamens tetrandrous when it has four stamens pentandrous when it has five stamens hexandrous when with six stamens and so on to polyandrous when it has many stamens or more than a dozen illustration figure two eight nine one of the five stamen clusters of the flower of american linden with accompanying scale the five clusters are shown in section in the diagram of this flower figure two seven seven figure two nine zero five gensenesias stamens of a coropsis two nine one same with the tube laid open and displayed for which terms see the glossary they are all greek numerals prefixed to andrea from the greek which linnaeus used for androsecum and are made into an english adjective andrus two other terms of same origin designate particular cases of number four or six in connection with unequal length namely the stamens are didanimous when being only four they form two pairs one pair longer than the other as in the trumpet creeper in gerardia figure two six three etc tetradynamos when being only six four of them surpass the other two as in the mustard flower and all the cruciferous family figure two three five the filament is a kind of stalk to the anther commonly slender or thread-like it is to the anther nearly what the petiole is to the blade of a leaf therefore it is not an essential part as a leaf may be without a stalk so the anther may be sessile or without a filament illustration figure two nine two stamen of isopyrum with innate anther two nine three of tulip tree with adnate and extors anther two nine four of evening primrose with versatile anther the anther is the essential part of the stamen it is a sort of case filled with a fine powder the pollen which serves to fertilize the pistil so that it may perfect seeds the anther is said to be innate as in figure two nine two when it is attached by its base to the very apex of the filament turning neither inward nor outward adnate as in figure two nine three when attached as it were by one face usually for its whole length to the side of a continuation of the filament and versatile as in figure two nine four when fixed by or near its middle only to the very point of the filament so as to swing loosely as in the lily in grasses etc versatile or adnate anthers are in torse or incumbent when facing inward 
that is toward the centre of the flower as in magnolia water-lily etc extorse when facing outwardly as in the tulip-tree rarely does a stamen bear any resemblance to a leaf or even to a petal or flower-leaf nevertheless the botanist's idea of a stamen is that it answers to a leaf developed in a peculiar form and for a special purpose in the filament he sees the stalk of the leaf in the anther the blade the blade of a leaf consists of two similar sides the blade of a leaf consists of two similar sides so the anther consists of two lobes or cells one answering to the left the other to the right side of the blade the two lobes are often connected by a prolongation of the filament which answers to the mid-rib of a leaf this is called the connective this is conspicuous in figure two nine two where the connective is so broad that it separates the two cells of the anther to some distance illustration figure two nine five diagram of the lower part of an anther cut across above and the upper part of a leaf to show how the one answers to the other the filament to petiole the connective to midrib the two cells to the right and left halves of the blade a simple conception of the morphological relation of an anther to a leaf is given in figure two nine five an ideal figure the lower part representing a stamen with the top of its anther cut away the upper the corresponding upper part of a leaf so anthers are generally two-celled but as the pollen begins to form in two parts of each cell the anterior and the posterior sometimes these two strata are not confluent and the anther even at maturity may be four-celled as in moonseed figure two nine six or rather in that case the word cell being used for each lateral half of the organ it is two-celled but the cells bilocellate illustration figure two nine six stamen of moonseed with anther cut across this four-celled or rather four locellate figure two nine seven stamen of penstemon pubescens the two anther cells diverging and almost confluent figure two nine eight stamen of mallow the anther supposed to answer to that of figure two nine seven but the cells completely confluent into one figure two nine nine stamen of globe amaranth very short filament bearing a single anther cell it is open from top to bottom showing the pollen within illustration figure three zero zero to three zero five stamens of several plants of the labiate or mint family figure three zero zero of amon arda the two anther cells with bases divergent so that they are transverse to the filament and their contiguous tips confluent so as to form one cell opening by a continuous line figure three zero one of a calamintha the broad connective separating the two cells figure three zero two of a sage salvia texana with a long and slender connective resembling forks of the filament one bearing a good anther cell the other an abortive or poor one figure three zero three another sage s coccinea with connective longer and more thread-shaped the lower fork having its anther cell wholly wanting figure three zero four of a white sage audibertia grandiflora the lower fork of connective a mere vestige figure three zero five of another white sage a stachyoides 
the lower fork of connective suppressed but anthers may become one-celled and that either by confluence or by suppression by confluence when the two cells run together into one as they nearly do in most species of penstemon figure two nine seven more so in monarda figure three zero zero and completely in the mallow figure two nine eight and all the mallow family by suppression in certain cases the anther may be reduced to one cell or halved in globe amaranth figure two nine nine there is a single cell without vestige of any other different species of sage and of the white sages of california show various grades of abortion of one of the anther cells along with the singular lengthening of the connective figure three zero two to three zero five the splitting open of an anther for the discharge of its pollen is termed its dehiscence illustration figure three zero six stamen with the usual dehiscence of anther down the side of each cell figure three zero seven stamen of pyrola cells opening by a terminal hole figure three zero eight stamen of barberry cells of anther each opening by an uplifted valve as the figures show this is commonly by a line along the whole length of each cell either lateral or when the anthers are extorse often along the outer face and when intorse along the inner face of each cell sometimes the opening is only by a chink hole or pore at the top as in the azalea pyrola figure three zero seven etc sometimes a part of the face separates as a sort of trap-door or valve hinged at the top an opening to allow the escape of the pollen as in the sassafras spice-bush and barberry figure three zero eight pollen this is the powdery matter commonly of a yellow color which fills the cells of the anther and is discharged during blossoming after which the stamens generally fall or wither away under the microscope it is found to consist of grains usually round or oval and all alike in the same species but very different in different plants so that the plant may sometimes be recognized from the pollen alone several forms are shown in the accompanying figures illustration figure three zero nine magnified pollen of a lily smooth and oval three one zero of echinocystis grooved lengthwise three one one of sicyos with briskly points and smooth bands three one two of musk plant mimulus with spiral grooves three one three of succory twelve-sided and dotted an ordinary pollen grain has two coats the outer coat thickish but weak and frequently adorned with lines or bands or studded with points the inner coat is extremely thin and delicate but extensible and its cavity when fresh contains a thickish protoplasmic fluid often rendered turbid by an immense number of minute particles that float in it as the pollen matures this fluid usually dries up but the protoplasm does not lose its vitality when the grain is wetted it absorbs water swells up and is apt to burst discharging the contents but when weak syrup is used it absorbs this slowly and the tough inner coat will sometimes break through the outer and begin a kind of growth like that which takes place when the pollen is placed upon the stigma illustration figure three one four 
magnified pollen of hibiscus and other mallow plants beset with prickly projections three one five of circaea with angles bearing little lobes three one six of evening primrose the three lobes as large as the central body three one seven of calmia four grains united as in most of the heath family three one eight of pine as it were of three grains or cells united the lateral empty and light some pollen grains are as it were lobed as in figure three one five three one six or formed of four grains united as in the heath family figure three one seven that of pine figure three one eight has a large rounded and empty bladder-like expansion upon each side this renders such pollen very buoyant and capable of being transported to a great distance by the wind in species of acacia simple grains lightly cohere into globular pellets in milkweeds and in most orchids all the pollen of an anther cell is compacted or coherent into one mass called a pollen mass or pollinium plural pollinia figure three one nine to three two two illustration figure three one nine pollen a pair of pollinia of a milkweed asclepius attached by stalks to a gland moderately magnified illustration figure three two zero pollinium of an orchis habenaria with its stalk attached to a sticky gland magnified three two one some of the packets or partial pollinia of which figure three two zero is made up more magnified illustration figure three two two one of the partial pollinia torn up at top to show the grains which are each composed of four and highly magnified end of section eleven